With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the Coach and Coordinator Podcast, and it's been an incredible five years. We've had so many great guests. And of course, we have a great audience. And to show our appreciation to you, we've collaborated with Glazier Clinics. We put together a package for you if you win this drawing. It's a Glazier season pass for your entire coaching staff, which includes your high school, junior high, and feeder programs, unlimited access to all the Glazier Clinics, unlimited Glazier Drive access. That's a $399 value. We've also put together a travel package for you. Travel expenses for one clinic, hotel, flight, rental car, or mileage, up to $1,500. So it's easy to enter to win. Go to glazierclinics.com slash win. We will announce the winner on December 12th, which again is the five-year anniversary of Coaching Coordinator. We appreciate all of you, and good luck in the sweepstakes. Get all the details and enter to win at glazierclinics.com slash win. We continue with part two of our episodes on structuring an offense, and we're back with Noel Mazzoni. Last week, we talked about different ways to think about formations, and we got into this idea of default plays. And so a default play being something that you're going to have a formation for, you have your personnel group for, uh, if that play is called out on the field, it's basically going to be a one-word call with things. And, no, I had – well, first of all, no, it's great to have you back here again another week of Talking Ball. Yeah, it's always great. Sorry, sorry for the little bit of background noise, but um, i got to be in the weight room here for a little bit. So, yeah, no You know worries. how weight rooms are. They always got the music playing. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of those default plays, I, I was thinking about this a little, and it, it takes me back to – I think it was around 2015 or 16. We were looking at the idea of of exactly that, of being able to speed up what we wanted to do by, for us, it was, it was go. I know this gets ahead, it's past 101, but to the picture boards, right? And so we could signal our players from our boards to get into this default formation and play. And, and what we did that particular year, we st- had six starting point plays, and they were all RPOs, right? So... You could take a gift route, you could run the ball, you could throw the ball. And, and so that started this whole process of, of how we wanted to think about moving fast when we wanted to 
and have some things already set up. So it was just that look at the board. We got that signal right away and we go. Now, what we also set up with those, as I was remembering back, is we had uh, another play off of it that we just called the shot. So, you know, when RPO is going to attack mostly quick game. I mean, you could get into third level, but the shot was going to be some kind of play action usually and something deeper. It might be a double move off of that initial look. We wanted it to look the same. And then the the third thing we had off of it was just a third and, and long, right? So if we didn't get the what we needed on those first ones, we had a play that could hit something intermediate and that was built into it as well. And And so those six starting points we just called those three plays a loop and we had six of those that worked together and as we got into this Noel what we started thinking about was how could we then you know maybe adjust one person and signal another play in and so we got into that time we we're using some colors to move one player in motion so if it was our Y he might be you know yellow if it was I think we had a player we called M and that was the color maroon if it was our our uh, tailback which we labeled T it was teal and any of those guys would move and it would would basically then get us into another look and we had something else that we signaled in as the play. So we weren't signaling in with, with those loops. We weren't really ever signaling in formations. They had something they started in, and then we would move one player around and we'd be into something else. So I know it's it jumps ahead a lot, but we were thinking outside the box of where do you start, how do you get into things, and how do you structure things? So if I said one of your one words and then I tagged a yellow with it, that told why to do what? He was going to go in motion across to the other side. So let's say the starting point on that particular, you know, one word where we started with, he was in trips to the field. The yellow, which was his color to motion back, would put him into a two-by-two into the boundary, right? He just motioned across to the other side. So they would look over, see that real quick, be able to line on the ball and move back to the other side. So you could go from two-by-two to three-by-one or three-by-one to two-by-two. Exactly, exactly. Right, right. And were they different words? Yeah, they were they were actually it was running all off of uh, picture boards at the time. So these these picture boards we had we had. A, uh, <laughs> oh, we, I gotcha. So you threw a picture up and told them the formation. Yep. And if there was a yellow card next to it, it told it told the white to most into that formation. Right. Well, w- what it really it started with with one on the right, and in a series might start with that RPO play that run. You know, we had a run pass option they could take the gift right. So right, let's right. say let's just say it's it's uh, three by one s- stick draw, okay? And our Y is yeah, the number yeah. three receiver, and so yeah, they're to the, the yeah they're yeah. they're to the field. We line up that play. We throw the stick, and then the next play, uh, we want to get him into two by two and throw a concept that was is basically like a slot fade. We want to throw the slot fade to the boundary, and I can't remember what he, we had paired with it to the field. Um, I think they just had some complimentary routes com- coming across, so we would look to the left and, and you know, scan into those guys. Right, right, yeah. So that next, after that first play, which was stick draw, all we did was we threw up the, the picture board that had uh, something yellow on it. Let's say it was a banana, right? And that told the guy to move across, and then they looked at the – they had one they're looking at basically giving them – who's moving in, in, and or a starting point, right? It's because we could hop into another starting point. And I think any of our starting points were, were just a, the color black 
and then they'd look at the number. So black and then the second board had both a number and a picture, right? So they, it could be either one, right? It, it didn't have to necessarily be that it was always the picture just to keep things clean for our guys. And so if right. that second play that we called was slash, as I said, you know, he saw yellow, quarterback would motion him across right away, he's into the boundary, and now we throw slash. But the, the beauty of this system as we were – playing around with it is we really took a lot of of signaling out and our guys could look over really quick and we can move because when you think about it and and we did a study on it I think in our conference we found that the fastest we would we could expect a ball to get set might be nine seconds and usually it was somewhere between nine and eleven and a half seconds average where that ball was going to get set so you can run the next play so you have that little amount of time to make your decision and get it in but again it's thinking that idea how do we how do we simplify some things maybe and and think outside the box so let me ask you this so okay you're in three by one you're gonna run stick draw yep was that a one pitcher play for you yeah so if you imagine there was actually a a third guy who was a, a dummy but you got three guys with boards standing across the first guy his has really nothing mattered but the colors on that board. So black right. black always told them if they saw black, they knew that was going to be a starting point play, and they had memorized one through six. So on that next board, it was going to be the number one through six, and they go. Black two is a play. Yeah. Black two is a play. Yep. Okay. That's the, the one word thing. If they look at the board and they see a different color, like I said, I think it was Y was – was uh, yellow, M was maroon, uh, T for our tailback was teal. And we, we didn't necessarily want our outside guys moving. We trained those guys to always be on the right side of the field or the left side of the field. Right. Okay, they, they were just going to stay there the whole game. So we would move our interior players to keep things moving along quick. So the, the, if we went and looked and it wasn't a starting point again, we just would move from like a three-by-one to a two-by-two if we wanted – or we might, Teal would just tell the back basically to, to bounce from one side to the other, right? That was his little motion. And, and then we were into, you know, whatever the picture board was. The, if it wasn't black, it was a, a picture. And so the picture would represent a play concept. So did, did the black picture board also tell them the formation? Yeah, it was, it was like we talked about a default, right? So it just started in whatever the default Trio, was for that. Three by one. Yep. For black. So mm-hmm. black is defaulted to a three-by-one formation. Black was just defaulted to whatever we memorized that number was. And we had six of those starting oh, points. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So it could be different for various formations. Yeah, there were various formations. But at but that had, time, it was a lot of... They had an old. Yeah. It was, it was pretty much your, your standard. There's a, a le, 10 and 11 formations, right? Four, four wides or one of those guys would move in and run tight. And we could run with different personnel groups. Right. But, Primarily, we were a 10 or 11. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. It's just a way, different way, again, to think about those, yeah. about how, where do you start? Because yeah. we were trying to simplify, you know, field, just field and boundary and being able to tell your guys, you know, you line up here and, and run this particular play. Right, right. Huh. I hadn't thought about that. So black, you got black, brown, green, whatever. That was a series of plays. Yeah. What if you started using colors? to give you a series of plays by formation. So say black was three by one, always to the field. Yeah. Green was three by one, always to the boundary. Uh, yellow was two by two, oh, you know what I mean? Right. And then had a, then had a group of three or four plays in each one of those 
colors and it had and I know you're using the colors for uh, also using colors for the motions, but it had just another way if you wanted to motion to that. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think when you look at it, you know, if you want to be fast, you have to find ways, I think, to keep some flexibility into what you're doing. But at the same time, be able to have all the tools you need and be simple, right? I, I see a lot of times... That, that you take away from what you can do because you're leaning more on the simple side. Right. So this brings up another question on this because I get this question all the time is, all right, so did you verbalize anything to the line? For us, the line was they were looking at the boards as well. Uh, they didn't worry about any kind of motion, so they were just looking at, am I looking at the number or am I looking at the play? So the first board would basically tell them, what they need to look at on the second board. So they had to know, say, black free was stick draw. Yeah. Right? Right. So they looked over, they saw black free, they knew they were, they were blocking draw. Correct. Black four could be pin and pull. They saw black four, they knew that was pin and pull. Yep. All right, so now does your quarterback have to direct, direct the, the, the direction of the play to the O-line? That was also for us, tied to field or a boundary. Let me think about that, how we were doing that. I think we took it off out of the, the quarterback's hands. We really weren't doing a ton of same side stuff, but we would we would uh, bounce the, the back one way or the other. So I'm trying to think back to what it was. I think we had our def- – yeah, we, here's what it was. We had our default play, and let's say it was pin and pull was going to go to the field, okay? In those, our back would have been aligned to the boundary – but if the, the line or everybody saw Teal there, they knew he was flipping to the other side and the play was going to be run into the boundary, right? So the Teal was, you know, not necessarily a motion, but he was just going to move from one side of the quarterback to the other, right? He was going to flip sides, and then we'd run that play. But how did, how did the line know the pin pull? What was then going to the boundary? The Teal color would tell him it was going to get flipped because the, the back would move to the other side. So they would see two boards, Teal, Black, two. Yeah, Teal and... At the at that point, they would see whatever the, uh, you know the um, the the next picture board went to. So our, our we did have pin and pull, so they would see whatever that picture was for pin and pull, right? Yeah. The only time they were looking at the numbers or the the you know the black two, black three, whatever it might be, was when that first board was black. It would in, would tell oh, them instead I of looking you. at instead of looking at the picture, you're actually looking at the number on that. So it went back to that idea I started with where. My picture boards, you, you basically had two dead quadrants when I was doing it in, in quadrants. Right, and, right. And the word, could, the word that I had on the board could be live or the picture. Well, this is similar in that instead of a, a word, we just have a number. They know what that number is. And then there's also a picture, which indicates a play. So the boards, the, the sure, first yeah. and second board were, were basically live every time. The third board really meant nothing, but it's one of those things I always just like to you know, if somebody's trying to decode me, uh, I want to give them an extra step. Some food for thought there. Because I get questions all the time, like if you're going to run zone read. And for us, it was Zoro Zulu, right? Mm -hmm. So if your line is not reading a signal or reading a board, they have to be told by the quarterback. Right. So he comes up and he's going Zulu, right? Well, coaches and the players after a while, so many games or – in the course of a the game, they're coming off saying, "Hey, they always they know Zulu's 
they know Zulu will run yeah. his own to the left and Zoro, you know what I mean? Yeah, always, right? They, they start, yeah, because you're verbalizing. So they're hearing, hearing that stuff, all right? So always looking for a way is then you say, okay, well, let's use a cut. Then pretty soon you end up with four or five words for the same play. Right. Which you don't, which you're trying not to do. That's, a, that's so, exactly uh, it, which is why we went away from verbalizing things to being able to look at the board. And, and the boards were, number one, we're looking at those things. Again, we're trying to snap the ball in, in this system right after it's set, right? So right. somewhere after 9 to 11 seconds, I mean, if, if uh, you're able to start diagnosing our boards, make a call to your guys within that 9 seconds after you got your own call, I mean, my hat's off to you because you're doing a lot of work there. Right. You have to not only communicate what you're going to be in, now you're going to cheat and, and say what our boards are and get that all in before we snap the ball in 11 seconds. I I just, I don't think you can do it. Right. So I'm going to go to where, I'm not going to say who uses the system, but very similar, and I could, I could see a definite cor- correlation or usage of both. So they would have two boards. All right. And then they would have either a signal guy or guy flipping numbers or whatever, right? A signal. Let's say a signal guy. Okay. So if the, the first board was kind of like you, if it came up, it could be a picture board or a black one or a black two or whatever you want to do. All right. That, if that came up, then they, then the guys know, read the board. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then they had another indicator board. That, that everybody did. If that one came up, all right, which looked like the other one, if there was something on there telling them this, if this one came up, it said it meant read the signal. When you were looking at it, when boards were going up, nobody knew if the boards were live or the boards were dead or the signal guy was live or the signal guy was dead. You only knew it because you knew that week, every time you see a superhero, read the signal guy. Right. Okay. Every time you see, every time you see, uh, uh, whatever, you know, whatever, other than that, read the, read your black one board right. or your black two board. I don't know. There's something there. I haven't figured it out yet, Yeah. but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's good food for thought. Yeah. I have a, a chapter in one of my courses on, on coach tube. And I, I did a, a whole course on diff- just different procedures that you can use to attack a defense. And, you know, this this evolved over time. Most of the change to the the last one I was talking about was because you know I moved teams and I was coaching against some guys who knew my previous system. So for them to they could pick up everything really quick. So I actually had to redesign everything because of that one team, which led us to a study on how do you snap the ball faster and and looking at all that, which is where we landed on this. So I'll put that link in our show notes to this, and everybody could see it. I'll make that chapter free. Obviously, Keith, the fastest way, and some of it relies on the uh, on the play caller because you got to get it Always. in fast. Mm-hmm. So, and so it's about the practice procedure of your receivers, your O line, handing balls to officials sprinting to get lined up right you have to do you have to practice it that way so that's just a way of life how how quick they can and the next way is the more ways i can just hold up a car one board that means everything then i can i can play fast that way 
So ideally, I hold up a board, uh, a board, and they look, they just look at that board and they go, oh, "Shit, this is this play, and it's in this formation." That's right. Right or left, mm-hmm. or just right. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a board with just half that color, it's left, or however you do it, right? Yep. So that's a, that would be the fastest way. When when the when the board or the one signal tells you formation, play tells you every motion tells you everything. That's I think is the fast. And the interesting part is how many of those can you carry? Yeah, and is it, then then the question always is, well, coach, how many of those can you carry in a game plan? How many can your kids learn? Well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like if you start day one of practice in, in camp, right, and you install that way then it'll grow it'll grow as the season goes on right so maybe maybe your kids can only remember four on day one of practice right and if you add one a day or one every two days or two every two days or whatever right by practice 10 they'll know 10 of them right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by practice 15 they could know 15 or 20 of them the, right? the other thing, now as now ahead. here's the here's the wait 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 i got other questions for you now i mean i'm putting all this in the in the mad scientist laboratory so he can figure this shit out okay so all right so that's good so that's your base offense but now you get into a season and you game plan and you may put in plays on tuesday or wednesday that you want to call in the in the game in the game plan all right so now you have to have a regular signal system because you don't have you, you know you can't expect your kids to learn a whole new concept formation with emotion as a one word play in a day or two so you got to tell them dual right f quick but you know whatever 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 right so they're game plan specific plays yeah does that make sense it it does uh i think and, and i've thought about that before and, and how that works and, and certainly those that system's going to have to be simple enough for them too they've already learned you know kind of a different way of of doing it, but it gives you some of that flexibility you need within a game plan, and you are are practicing that all week long. I think with the way defenses have evolved to keep up with us, and they're doing one word calls, right? They're doing things fast and on the move. They've they've looked at our procedures and they've done a great job in matching those. Sure, yeah, they've caught up. Yeah, I think there's a, a place for having multiple tools and ways to do it, and you know, I've I've thought of just the whole concept of or philosophy of, of tempo in waves, right? Like I don't have to go fast all the time. I might come out to begin a drive and, you know, we, we call our, our play. We make our calls at the line. We go the next play, you know, sure. maybe we didn't pick up what we wanted. So instead of going fast, we, we got to make sure, hey, we want to be sound on whatever the blocking schemes, the calls our guys make. And so we signal that in and then we hit a first down and now, boom, we want to get in into our tempo. And what's sure you're going to change speeds. What's interesting is, as what as what we were talking about, I wrote a, a little article this morning. I was studying Greg Stadrawa's uh, system for calling plays. And so within their zone schemes, they have the ability to get up to the line and make all their calls right on their zone call system. Or if they're going fast, they just go to tracks. Right, and right. And sometimes if, if something looks screwy or they're picking something up, they'll just make a tracks call and, and you yeah. know, everything that yeah. they talked about prior to that was on. Now you have a way with your line, too, to get things right, make sure we're 
directed to the right person with the right combos. But also, hey, we've got to be fast. I don't have time for those calls. We're going to get up and go right. track. So, again, that's more of thinking just for the offensive line, but having a couple ways of doing right, it. Right, right, right. No, it's always like we talked about last week, right? Schemes are – there's a billion schemes, right? It doesn't take me very long to figure out a scheme I want to run versus man coverage or cover two or whatever. You know what takes all the time in a meeting? Figuring out how to communicate it and call it, right? Detection concept formation motion so there's so you're trying to get condense as much information a lot of information into a very short verbal blast basically or and do a sign so that's the tough part Mm -hmm. and there's ways i think as you look at this that i know there's a lot of teams out there who still huddle and i think huddles can be very effective i think of it this way too if i'm changing personnel I think that's a great time to huddle right now because it used to be you could change personnel and get up to the ball and go. And then, you know, I'm sure it was somebody on defense complained about how fast we were going. And so there was the rule change where if we subbed in, they had their time to make the substitution. Well, the last thing I want is that defensive coordinator, you know, taking his time, getting his guy in as, as I'm, he's looking at my formation and making his calls or, you know, my personnel. Right. Right. Well, he, why, why, the, why the officials holding the ball? So I think that's a time to think about, do I want to huddle? Or at least a sugar huddle type exactly. deal. A sugar huddle where, where, yes. where you can huddle up just maybe the inside nine guys or whatever you want to do. Really cool stuff to talk about, like how do we communicate? How do we line up? How do we play efficient football but fast? We, we used to think of, of our tempos in terms yeah. of, you know, from – slowest to fastest and and everything in between and we kind of would categorize them that way and with all the procedures we had we would look at what do we want to use in our game plan and and then we would think about procedures as you know like you would a, a play or a scheme kind of counters to something to utilize that as a weapon as well so as an example um you know using the same personnel formation group and, and I, I have this example somewhere maybe on YouTube but you know we lined up in a formation motioned a guy across and ran our counter play we hit that one for eight I have no problem right. calling things again so we just gave our our signal for again no motion anytime we went again we just called it our on the, on the ball procedure you know forget the motion just line up where you ended up and run the same play. So we did that again, picked up another nine or 10, did it again. And then we had a procedure that stay in that and just get the next play call. Don't, don't change the formation, right? You're not worrying about signal for formation. You're just going right to the play call. And so we change it to an outside zone, hit the outside zone, big, we go again, hit the outside zone, big, we go again. Eventually we're down on the uh, I think we ran three outside zone plays and we're down inside the 10 and they, they called timeout. And so we went to, now typically we have a, a, a board that would give them uh, this, this sequence, but we would have three play sequence. And sometimes we'd say, you know, in this particular case, we just said, hey, f- you know, forget the three play we're doing two. We're going to go outside zone one more time and immediately l- line up and run the naked afterwards if we don't get in. And so we did exactly that. Right. I'm looking upstairs 
you know, for what, what are they doing? Cause I'd like calling it upstairs. Everybody flowed to the ball. Perfect. Go with the naked. So they just look to the sideline. They see our, our guy who signals tempo, just giving, giving the run it to him. So they peek over there. They see run it. They get up on the ball and go and everybody run fits everybody. Nobody's covering anybody on this particular play, including the corner, the corner for some reason ran in. No, I love it. Right. So that, that became a procedure for us. And, and I, I think we, we started using like pictures of MLB teams, our logos. And we were just, I think we called them our, our home run sequence, right? Some play, some point in there, we'd hit the home run. And usually it was like a run, run pass. I love it. Yeah. I, I dabbled in it and didn't really wholesale to it uh, at A&M uh, during camp of, okay, you got one word tempo plays, right? Now you got two play tempo plays, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third play was always, and just like you said, like we were doing uh, Greek gods, like Zeus. Exactly what you said. Outside zone, naked. That's just tempo. Bang, bang. Yep. And the third tempo was same formation, hard count. Anticipating, anticipating that it was, uh, uh, you know, going to be a third down. Okay. So a third down. So if I needed to run something different on third, I don't know. But I think there's, I think that's really the, the two play. Two-play tempo. I'm going to run these two plays right back to back. Now, when you did that, they would look over and kind of get the, okay, run the, run the second Run the one, next play, yeah, right? which was a real quick signal. Run the next play. Because yep. you, if you didn't want to run, if something happened to shitty or whatever, you could, you could always We could change. kill it, yep. Yeah, kill it. Okay. No, that's good stuff. I think we need, I think coaches, we need, as coaches, we need to spend more time in the uh, procedures of – all that stuff during practice and coming up with new ways to do that. Do your tempos, two play, three play tempos, uh, right hash, left hash. I remember a long time ago, I used to always run, uh, used to have a call to always run stretch play. And it was just, they just knew they always ran it to our bench. Right. Right. No matter where the ball was, they just, uh, you give a signal and they know we're running stretch to coach. Wherever you are, just run stretch to me. Could be in the boundary, could be the field. Just stuff like that, right? Yeah, it, it's simple stuff, but it allows your players to play fast. Not just from a, a tempo yes. standpoint, but when I can especially visually recognize those things, because a, a lot of our learners are visual, so they, they see that picture or whatever it might be, and they go. Because... I got away from verbal signals. The exact reason you you talked about that inevitably every game by you know some point third quarter let's say they they were calling out hey this is this is a zone hey this is you know right you know whatever it was up and down we were using as right and left had like all these different things for right and left and right and so we just went away from it. I mean and this happens at the highest level. I, I have a a friend who's. Uh, coaching in the NFL and told me about, you know, on their particular staff that they were able to get everything off of the, uh, of the TV replay. And they knew a team's every single call because they, they just charted it over the course of, I don't know, whenever sure. they saw it. I mean, it happens even at the highest level, you know, and I love doing that too. Cause they always have the quarterback either, either mic'd up or they have the, the mic pointed at him that you can pick all those things up and I know just sitting and watching that I can 
over the course of the game figure a few of those things out. Right. And I'm not being paid to do it. <laughs> right. So let me let me just thought for today, like if I was making a list of things that I, that are cool. All right. The whole colored colored number meaning default plays for you. All right. How to use your board system and your signal system on the sideline. All right. Two play, two and three play tempo plays. How to build two and three play tempo tempo plays. Yep. And then how to have default default. So if I just call curl flat and I don't give you a formation or a motion or anything, there's a default formation for every concept. Yes. So, I mean, those are all great things to incorporate in an office to have, even if you're under a center or, or even like the old huddle, right? Huddle and break the huddle with tempo. Yes. In other words, my receivers are lined up out there. We just kind of muddle huddle right here. We hold the clock a little bit. And then we break it quick, get lined up, and snap the football. That's another form of tempo. It is. Without lining up and showing the defense what you're in. So I think there's a lot of ways that, like you said, defense catches up to everything. It always does. It cycles back. And the last thing I would say is, like, this is kind of where I'm at right now, is incorporating more some under, under center. I'm a spread guy, but, in court, you know, back in the day, I used to be two tights under center and starting to incorporate some of that tempo, that under center tempo game into your offense with the jet sweep, the stretch. That's, that's definitely an area to explore for us uh, moving forward because I, I see some advantages in putting those things back into your offense. And I see everybody doing it. I as do well. too. It's been a trend over the last few years. Yes. Yes, I see an advantage to getting under center. I think it's better play action. You can run that little hand jet sweep. Being able to be a little bit more multiple uh, as far as formations and, and gunner, under center, pistol, all the different backfield looks. Correct. Instead of just being two by two, three by threes, three by one spread, and this is who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. All, all good stuff, Coach. So, well, that takes us to the end of our time this week. You know, brain, brainstorming a lot of these ideas again. Nolan, I didn't necessarily have anything scripted we've just been uh you know free flowing with, with some of these ideas but uh well, i'll summarize some of these things in the show notes and I, I know we had some good feedback from guys listening and tuning in last week and that it gave them a lot to think about for what they're going to do moving forward yep well i appreciate you that was a good time that last few talks have been great it, it actually got me thinking about a lot of stuff you know sometimes we kind of get stuck in who we are and sometimes you got to think outside the box. Exactly. Well, Coach, we'll, we'll figure out a plan for next week and do it again. All right, Keith. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. Go to glazierclinics.com slash win to enter the sweepstakes for the Glazier Clinic staff pass and travel expenses to one clinic, which includes flight, hotel, and rental car. Again, go to glazierclinics.com slash win for your chance to win.